0: You are listening to episode 91 of the Game of podcast. My name's John. I'm joined by Ryan.
1: Hey, everybody. This week, we're talking about a console you should pick up, games you should play on it, and all this for under $150 in this week's Starter Kit Showdown. (laughs)
0: Love the intro, man. So uh, this week we are talking about a special little console that came out in 1994 here in North America to PlayStation 1. So uh, Ryan and I are going to dig through some lists that we've made uh, for under $150 of video games and the console as well. So really everything you need to start a collection or really just kind of get back to that nostalgia and play some great games. So uh, part of this is obviously giving you guys an informative podcast episode on uh, really how you should spend your money with this console and the other part is uh ryan and i got a
1: challenge who has the better list out of both of us and we're gonna leave that up to you guys you can let us know anywhere online you can find us you can find us on facebook instagram at the game deflators you can find us on twitter at just game deflators you can find us on our own website the i don't know our- if you can leave comments there but uh you know let us know
0: dude our website is looking perfect is looking good. So uh yeah, definitely visit com, and of course catch our podcast on various podcast applications such as Podbean, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, podcast uh everything. Anywhere there's a podcast, you will find us. And if we're not there, let us know and of course leave a five-star review, preferably six, but five is acceptable.
1: We know that there's limitations out there. There we, are limitations. We, we yeah. respect you.
0: You can always uh Jason over at Coastal Gaming suggested um
1: really two five game, star yeah, reviews. two five-star
0: reviews. Two computers, two five-star views, it'd be perfect.
1: It'd be perfect. Yeah, just do that. And, of course, if the... Or a five-star... Well, we don't want a five and a one. No. Just do five. Just five, just five. So six, five, or ten is the amount of stars. Exactly. All right, well, let's uh, get started, dudes. So uh, this is
0: kind of in celebration. We got the PlayStation 5 coming out here. Uh, We're anticipating uh, sometime in November that it'll be coming out. And... um, yeah. So we're going to have about an episode of these launching once a month. So we'll do PlayStation one. Now we'll have two, three and four on a uh, little collections. And, you know, I think, Ryan, when we get down to the PS4 one, we'll probably get to a point where it's like, let's just but figure we'll, out the
1: games and the console separate. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll push up that uh, that bar. But for the PS1, PS2, one hundred and fifty dollars seems like a good jumping in point. If you're not a game collector. Uh, welcome to the podcast, and we're going to give you a good idea of $150, what kind of, you know, it's not going to be the PS Classic. So everybody who's thinking about the PS Classic already and jumping in the comments early, hold your fingers back and just wait up because most of the games on there are way too expensive (laughs) to buy. We're living in an unusual time where games are very expensive to buy used. And, uh, you know, that can be tough as a collector. So where is your money best spent? And uh, in, you know, talking about this with each other, we've both come up with separate lists. But first, let me start with a question, John. What do you remember about the PS1? How did you kind of start off with this console in your life? So for me, the
0: PlayStation 1 was, I went from Super Nintendo, so I was a Nintendo boy, right? So I went from Super Nintendo enjoying that playing NES games in my uncle's house, really having a good time with those consoles, to seeing another uncle of mine buy his daughter's a PlayStation 1, and they're sitting there playing Rayman, and they had Final Fantasy going for some strange reason, and some of my classmates growing up at that period of time also had a PlayStation 1 consoles. So it got to a point where, while yeah, the N64 was cool and everything, the controller turned me off as a child like I did not want to play that I went from playing Nintendos and Super Nintendos with this normal controller to what the hell am I holding in my hand right now it's
1: it's kind of funny how 2d the controllers were and then like all of a sudden you get these 3d handles for the first like all of the 3d consoles had like these handles coming off the bottoms of them that nobody ever felt was important before for some reason yeah and you know
0: I just it was one of those things like I did not like the, the controller is seriously what turned me off from the N64. So I went from that to and I know I, I miss out on a lot of great games, but, uh, you know, later on, you get more money and you buy consoles. you got them all so, now. Yeah. Now I got everything I want. Um, so I end up going to PlayStation 1 and I want to say the first game that we bought for PlayStation 1 was I the think, demo disc. Well, yeah, the demo <laughs> disc. Actually, yeah. You know what? The demo disc and Croc were the two things that we had starting out
1: which demo
0: disc did you have i i recall that demo disc actually having legend of dragoon on it oh wow and it had a couple of siphon filter was another one we actually had a demo disc with siphon filter which is you know on my list Mm. and hot shots golf was another one no spoilers john yeah right and then i think um i want to say gex was on it but i don't recall dude it's been so many years i probably still have that demo disc but, yeah, so that's what we played. And my brother played Legend of Dragoon, the demo constantly. Like, that's all he played. To death. Exactly, to death. And I also had NFL Game Day 98. So I didn't get it, like, right at 94 because, you know, I, I got my Super Nintendo at about 94. So that was a few years back. And that's why that demo disc is like Legend of Dragoon because been out for a while. And, yeah, so I played a lot of NFL Game Day 98. I do remember at one point I had scratches on my PS1 disc and or for that game and yeah it, it got stuck at the end of a game that i played with the dolphins uh, uh and it just that was it like it just would not go forward and i was so pissed and that was the last time i played that game but speed punks was during that era for me so it wasn't like a game i i purchased later on in life like that was one that was check in check out our
1: speed punks uh our Kart racers
0: episode Kart racers had. episode where was like we top talk about five kart racers and uh yeah, dude, it, just tons of games. Uh, Final Fantasy VII was one I played later on in life on the when I had my PlayStation 3. I just, for whatever reason, never did beat it uh, when I had a PS1. I played a lot of Final Fantasy VIII, and my brother played a lot of Nine. and we just we were really big RPG junkies. So I want to say my list reflects that a bit uh, here. So you'll see some, you know, and, and to be upfront with mine, I went and had and did disc-only and a lot of greatest hits uh, because I'm looking at this from more of a nostalgia factor. Like, if you want to play these games and just jump back into that childhood and you don't want to spend a lot of money I feel my way is the way to go on it whereas Ryan's like, if you're wanting to collect for this console and you want to get things done perfectly I can speak for myself, John Well, you know, we'll see, we'll see I don't know if Ryan can speak for himself
1: So my Playstation 1 story growing up uh, I I was we're very similar in this way I had a Super Nintendo growing up I'm pretty sure I only had uh, Super Mario World and Donkey Kong for it and then at some point i got a playstation like i remember having a playstation as a child and not really remembering getting it i mean i was like five when it came out so you know give me a little leeway but i remember playing uh my demo disc which had uh captain blasto tomba um what else was on there Uh, Oh, Einhander, which is actually the only PlayStation 1 game, or one of the few PlayStation 1 games I own today. And I think the only, like, used video game I've ever bought offline. I got it a few years ago just to kind of go back and relive those experiences. But I remember playing loads of Tekken with friends. Um... And just, I didn't really get the RPG itch like you did until much later. Like, I'm pretty sure the first RPG I had was probably Legend of the Dragoon. And Well, that's I, a good one to have. Yeah, yeah I first never one. really made much progress with it. Like, I remember so vividly renting Final Fantasy IX multiple times and doing, like, the all the intro part. Until you start to play as, um, I can't remember his name, The Knight? Oh, I forget his name. The only ones I ever remember are Zdane and Vivi. Yeah. That's it. But you're playing as The Knight and you're going through the castle and there's like a door that you can't see because of the view that's at like the bottom of the screen. So you have to walk into the bottom of the screen to go out the door. And I must have rented this game like two times and gotten all the way up to that point and just not known what to do. And it was just... It was a weird adjustment. Because, like, I would go to friend's house and play, you know, some N64. And just... I guess at that age, I didn't really think too deep about games. I just kind of went at, like, whatever was presented to me. Like, I don't remember, like, any real rhyme or reason to what I wanted to rent when I rented it. Like, I have, like, really strong memories of acro the acrobat for some reason (laughs) but like i probably only rented that like one time or there's um there's like a jersey devil game yep Yep. two uh i don't know about two but i know about jersey devil what jersey devil yeah and i um i remember playing i had brave fencer musashi That's a good one. That's up there, too, now. Yeah, and that was an awesome game, but, like, I just never, I never was able to make it very far in games as a kid. They were always kind of, like, more of a distraction, so I wasn't really, like, a hardcore gamer at this time. You know, I'd get something from Blockbuster and play it and then go play with some kids and stuff, but. Well,
0: here's a crazy thing that I've noticed now is being an adult versus when I was a kid is you start looking back on things like, should i have torn down all my boxes for super nintendo and should i have destroyed my cases for ps1 and put them in normal sleeves or you know like the big sleeve book and stuff like those are all things that i did that now i look back on like dude like if only i was five years older when i picked those up if i would have been we had up,
1: bought two copies of every game we ever bought and kept one sealed and played the other we could be millionaires dude You know, it it doesn't have a much better premise for this podcast if we were both better collectors. Yeah, yeah. Back then, if we were both better collectors, John's making up for lost time with his collection, and I just don't care. I'm just riding John's coattails. He just he comes in here and borrows games. Which, uh, speaking of which, how's Dark Souls going? Uh, For anybody who heard last week's episodes, I am in the midst of Dark Souls three at the moment for PS4. Having a great time. I'm playing a pyromancer. Uh, I did screw up real bad oh, this week. I went to go and see if switching the infusion on my deep axe would be better or not. And I used a shriving stone, expecting that I would get to keep the deep, the, the dark material or whatever it is, the dark stone that lets you do that infusion. That did not happen. So I ruined my axe and I put a fire enchant on it and it's only like three less damage or six less damage, I guess, but whatever. It was still cooler having a deep axe than a fire battle axe. Um, I'm in the swamps right now, about to go into Farron to fight the Abyss Watchers or I guess I could go fight that crystal sage and then go from there into the deep um i've got my weapon just upgraded to a plus three i've got my pyromancy glove up to a plus two i think i'm at level like 46 or 47 oh you'll get high in that game i think i ended at like level 130 something yeah i was just looking up a build the other day to get some kind of idea for where i need to get my stats to and it's a uh, 40 40 faith int and then i'll probably dump the rest just between like health stamina and fp i just found out <laughs> i just found out at the end of my play session yesterday that i needed to use my uh bone ash shards or whatever to upgrade my estes flash i've been playing out like a level one estes flash this whole time and i had like a bunch of upgrades for it ready and waiting to go so i think i'm in a really good place right now it's super fun it's exactly what i wanted it's doesn't have any of that sekito stress but it still has that kind of like that meaty frustration that you like
0: yeah, I mean, I'm missing Sekiro, actually. I enjoyed that game. I thought it was honestly the easiest one, so I'm shocked that... They
1: just came out with a bunch of new stuff for it. There's like a boss rush mode and no kill. Yeah. yeah, there's a boss
0: rush mode, I think, where you can go back and do some old battles. Uh, and then just quick update on what I'm doing. Uh, I'm still playing Ghost of Tsushima. I did jump back into Ukulele and the um, Impossible Layer. I finally got that right for once on the on the episode. So, Ghost of Tsushima, enjoying it still. It's a blast. I still think it's going to be my game of the year. Uh last week I finished up on chapter one, moved into chapter two, and I'd say I'm maybe a third of the way through chapter chapter two. Um I can see where some stuff is getting a little monotonous, like having to go through and do similar missions. Uh, but that is broken up by the fact that I can do special quests and such. And on top of that, they just recently released a lethal mode on there, which is harder than hard. And it's hard. <laughs> like it's difficult. I got in one battle and I probably it took me about a hundred tries. And it wasn't, you know, because, oh, John played it all the way through and he sucked, you know, at the very minute, last minute, and then obviously had to start over. No, it was like one-shot kills type of stuff. So it's getting used to that uh, I mean, right that's now, what lethal means, right? It's crazy hard, actually, in certain battles. Now, standard story mode now, it's still an easy game. In fact, you're juiced up a little bit with your hits, and the enemies take more damage, but you take more damage. So it's kind of one of those things of, like, as long as you can perfect parry and dodge with no issue you're going to not have a problem. So I haven't really had too much of an issue outside of those mythic battles and duels. And that's it. All right, man. So jumping into it, uh, I'll go ahead and start. We had two options here. Uh, Ryan decided to go with, I think, was it the slim PS1? Or did you go to normal fat PS1?
1: I did go with the slim. And it's about the same. So we actually, yeah,
0: we want the slim, both of us. I looked at it, um, I don't know about Ryan, but I looked at it from a future customization with this console as a slim you do have the opportunity to purchase the uh the little mini screen that goes on top of it it fits nicely it has a bag that goes with it like Don't it's actually bag it's a really good setup and i want to say the screens are shooting around mm, i looked at it up last 90, week i think they were 90 to 100 i think
1: let me see yeah
0: so there's somewhere around 90 to 100 because i think together with this the console and controllers it's usually about 140 to 160 right now is what i'm seeing so i'd say about 90 to 100 for the
1: the actual screen did you find it yeah ps1 screens looking for i mean there were like 150 bundled yeah maybe a, uh depending on and this whoa they so go for
0: they go for quite a bit so uh i looked at it from that perspective of portability and the fact that you can have this thing with you on road trips if you ever wanted to. I mean, who takes a PS1 on a road trip anymore? But you do have that opportunity to do that type of stuff with the slimmer console. Uh, And you could probably put a screen on the fat one, too. I'm not sure about that. It's not something I've looked into, to be honest. Um, I've just always recognized a slim one with a screen. Okay. So that being said, Ryan, let's start going through the list here. I'm just going to go top to bottom. Uh, My entire list was 10 items. Disc only. I did throw in some greatest hits and I'm looking at ninety nine seventy three for mine, uh, which would actually put me over a little bit. It's going to put me at uh, one fifty nine. So really, the way I would look at this is take off one of the, the ten dollar games or two of the low rank games or just you know get try to get a better deal. Yeah, exactly. You know, this... all of
1: this should be about one hundred and fifty dollars.
0: Yeah. So uh, all right. The first one, man, I've got Hot Shots Golf too that's uh definitely one that i've enjoyed the hot shots golf series in general it's a lot of fun i kind of put it to i wouldn't say the equivalent but it's a more technical version of a mario golf that you would play on like n64 or gamecube and wait was mario golf on the n64 i don't recall
1: uh, i don't know i've never played any I know mario tennis Golf. Is.
0: i think it is but if not correct me if i'm wrong on our you know, Instagram or something. Uh, but it definitely is on the GameCube. And I put it to that level. And so Mario, or not Mario Golf, Hot Shots Golf 2, I would say at the $7.18 price point, you're looking at a good quality golf game that's not going to be boring. It's going to have its quirky characters and special abilities and things that you do. And it's it's fun. Like It, it honestly is just a fun sports game, uh, as sad as it may sound with it being golf. Uh, my next one is kind of going to be in that realm of nostalgia in a sense, dude. So Siphon Filter uh, was a great game. Uh, it's four dollars and seventy five cents loose for a standard copy, not greatest hits. So I probably could have gone even lower on that. And it's it's just a blast, man. It's like um, it's kind of like in that same style as Metal Gear Solid, uh, you know, in that same type of format. And, you know, it's just a, a general great series. And I enjoyed my time playing that game years ago. Uh, it's probably been honestly 20, 23 years since I probably booted that game up. Uh, but I remember having a good time. Uh, the next one here is going to be Need for Speed 3 Hot Pursuit. I got a great assets on that one, man. And that's going to be $4.85. So... The Need for Speed series has always been a blast. Uh, Hot Pursuit, I recall being one of my favorites on the PlayStation 1. My brother and I had both Need for Speed 3 and we also had uh, Need for Speed Porsche Unleashed. You can probably see where I'm leaning on just because of the, uh, you know, having played a lot of Gran Turismo before playing the Need for Speed series. I saw at that point in time, like the Porsche aspect I may be forgetting some of this, but the Porsche aspect being limited, right? Like I didn't just want to drive Porsches. I didn't like the cars in that. When I just came from being able to drive Dodge Vipers and Toyota and like all these other crazy cars that they have and the customizations tied with those vehicles versus Need for Speed 3 had more of a, you know, sleek looking vehicle. It just seemed like a lot more fun growing up. And that's what I recall playing uh, the most. And so, you know, at $4.85, I mean, come on. Can you honestly beat a racing game for $4.80 at isn't gran turismo i guess uh and the next one dude so don't worry folks there is more to come on this list uh chrono cross greatest hits game uh 999 like chrono cross it's it's seriously been another like 20 something years i think i talked to you about this on a a previous episode i want to go back and play this game actually Uh, that and chrono trigger so chrono cross i put in a ton of hours as a kid absolutely loved playing a surge that's the only character name i honestly remember after all these years obviously chrono um chrono trigger i would remember chrono and dude i had a blast there's like so many multiple endings on this one uh the characters were fantastic to this day i still listen to the ost on that like always like if i'm ever in a bad mood or i just have a moment where i want to relax i'm sitting there listening to radical dreamers never played it never played oh my god dude it is a fantastic game uh, and the next one dude is going to be for me ape escape greatest hits uh, now this one I didn't actually get to play uh, Growing up too much outside of a demo in the uh, you know, the old kiosks at Best Buy and Comp USA for me where I was from And yeah, it's 12:53. I know ape escape is a great series uh, I have played a little bit of it to get the feel of it and I Dude, I enjoyed it. So we'll see if we got if you got that I mean, one on your this list. This is
1: this is the first game on your list that I've actually played. And I think Ape Escape stands out to everybody as the game that taught you what R three and L three were as buttons. You know? Because what? like until right. the Rumble came out or the DualShock came out, like Who would have guessed? I just heard this on a podcast last week, too. Like, who would look at a controller and assume that those were buttons? Like, that's some of that game literacies that we've had built into us since, you know, this game came out.
0: Well, and my wife recently, she didn't know. So, she's playing... want to say it was god of war that she was playing Mm -hmm. and it came up with like hit l3 and r3 and she's like what the hell is l3 and r3 i'm like pushing analog stick oh those push down well now that
1: they've got the underbelly buttons on newer controllers coming out and stuff like people are going to be way confused oh yeah it's like l4 r4 like what the hell's going on do we need more l's and
0: r's yeah i don't think we do i don't think we do maybe we'll go z hit the whole nintendo route yeah yeah and then uh, z and c okay So uh, I know you played this one, Metal Gear Solid, Uh, 1243 on that one for a loose greatest hits copy. Uh, Come on. Like, this is one of the greatest espionage games of all time. Like, I don't care what you say. Now, if you put VR missions on the list, I would probably smack you because it's just not nearly as good. Uh, But... Man, what a game. Like, this right here definitely got me into that specific genre of game. I mean, the game. it was
1: a dynasty maker. Like, it, it wasn't the first, but man, did it establish itself as, like, a monster. And, and, like, we're still feeling the ramifications from what happened in that game now. And, I mean, okay, so here, here's my little
0: story of this. I played Metal Gear Solid 1, absolutely loved it. Played number two and was like, what the hell is this? Like, this just... Playing as riding was not a lot of fun. Now I did enjoy the, uh, um, uh, what is it? The darts, the dart gun in that one, where you put para- people to sleep. Never played it. Okay, so I liked, I liked that. Um, that's what I recall out of that. And one. just in
1: case you were curious, I've never beaten the first one. Audience, a uh, uh, shocker. Uh, <laughs> and then
0: for some reason, I skipped Snake Eater, skipped the, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, Portable Ops and Acid and those. Like I just never played them. And then I jumped into the uh, Metal Gear Solid 4. Man, that game looks so good. I wanted to play that. My My friend would
1: not let me unless I played all the rest of them first. That
0: game is amazing like that. That was one of those games. So you know how I've always said I don't buy a lot of games new. The only two games I ever bought brand new on the PlayStation 3 that I recall were Metal Gear Solid 4. When it came out, that was a day of for me. And then Resistance, I got full price because I had just bought a PlayStation. So it made sense for me to get a game at that point in time, right? Um, but dude, I mean the cutscenes in that game were phenomenal. The ending cutscene is like one of legend with how long it takes. It's so flipping long. Like you could go make a sandwich, sit down, eat the thing, and the cutscene would still be going. It's like a full-blown movie. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So truly enjoyed that one and the Metal Gear Solid franchise in general is super solid. So pun intended.
1: Like a snake.
0: Uh, next one is gonna be Final Fantasy 7. Uh, that's gonna be the greatest hits version. 1571 loose i mean look you can either pay like 60 bucks right now for a black label copy of this game even more if you get the one with the uh the error on the back uh for there's like a text error that sits on the case oh really yeah i I do have that one actually so if you grab the seven i'll show you later um actually if you want to grab it now it's it's literally like on the back you'll see i forget which letters but it's kind of towards the middle of everything as he stumbles across games so Final Fantasy VII, we all know it's a solid game. Oh, that's eight, dude. He's, Ryan doesn't know his Roman numerals. All right, so I will show you here. It is going to be Masterpiece. So where it says Soft's Million Dollar multi or Masterpiece right there. Oh, See wow. the I, how it's lifted yeah. and it's not there? Yeah, so if anybody didn't know that, you could pay more for that version that has the air on it. Uh, or you could pay for my greatest hits loose disc, which you'll get all that game time out of. So the Final Fantasy VII series... Uh, or uh, series, but game, was fantastic. The whole storyline with Sephiroth and Cloud and Genova and Tifa and everybody I mean, else tied in. it changed the face of gaming. Yeah, it, it, was, it was crazy. And, of course, this was initially slated to be on the N64, and that ended up moving over to the PlayStation 1 uh, over time. So, yeah, definitely an interesting story on that side. Uh, they obviously made a remake for a reason. We've been clamoring for that for years. And uh, if you haven't played this game, it's a definite must-have on the PlayStation 1. Uh, next one here is going to be Final Fantasy Chronicles Greatest Hits, 1138. So this right here is a poor man's Chrono Trigger. So rather than pay for that Super Nintendo uh, cartridge that's going for oh so much right now, you could pick up a loose copy of Final Fantasy Chronicles. And you're not only going to get Chrono Trigger, but you're going to get Final Fantasy, f- is it five, I think? Five, right? And then they put four yeah. and six on anthologies. So yeah, I always mess those up. Uh, so yeah, you're going to get Final Fantasy V and Chrono Trigger on that at $11.38. V eight cents. Five, I honestly haven't played, but Chrono Trigger I did play. Truly enjoyed it. As I remember, Chrono is uh, the only name I can put off the top of my head for that series. Uh, and again, I played that when I was a kid, so uh, it's just not fresh. So I definitely want to go back. I want to play Chrono Trigger all the way through again. It's always been a great game. Um, you know, and everybody that plays it, like, I see so much inspiration on like different Facebook groups and even our own when somebody's like, Oh, I just beat Chrono Trigger, I'm just now playing it. And seeing how much they're enjoying it, I'm like, man, I enjoyed it back then, and now I understand so much more in gaming and so much more in stories, and I read things a lot better than I did when I was younger. So am I gonna enjoy it more than I did then, and I truly enjoyed it then. And then, obviously, I'll play Chrono Cross as soon as I'm done with that, and I'm sure I'm going to be able to fix tons of mistakes storyline-wise that I didn't even catch when I was younger for those stories. So, pretty cool aspect on that. Uh, Next one, dude, uh, if you got nothing to say on that previous one, is Tony Hawk 2, Greatest Hits, at 9.17. We recently played, was it Tony Hawk 3 on the PlayStation 2, I think? I believe so. Yeah, so we did that in kind of celebration of the the remake of uh, Tony Hawk 1 and 2. So Tony Hawk 2, I had a fantastic time with, dude. The school, Venice Beach, um, you had the initial level level to hangar where you could find all the secret places, really, grind on the helicopter to blow up a wall and open up a whole different area. Uh, Venice Beach with its hobos and graffiti everywhere. Uh, The school just had like tons of cool features to it as well uh those are i think the only three and then of course the level builder you know so tons of other levels level builder um obviously three I named or the most iconic out of the game uh, that i recall and i just had a blast with it all the time the tony hawk
1: franchise is just like so legendary and iconic and tony hawk 2 also made my list nice uh and then when we do a,
0: a ps2 episode i i don't know i think uh i think i'll have underground on there so we'll see. Imagine. Imagine. OK, so the next and last one on my list, I had to have a fighting game of some sort, but I didn't want to go to a round of like Marvel versus Capcom or some sort of street fight or anything along those lines. Not only are they priced a, light high, a lot higher, but I think the game I have here listed is still going to be a fun game for a lot, a lot of people. So I went ahead and jumped into Gundam Battle Assault, uh, which is 1174. I had a lot of fun with this game. Uh, Burning fingers might be the only move I ever recall uh, coming through Um, I did enjoy uh, Gundam in general as a kid watching so many episodes with Amuro and Char so a lot of early on stuff and Just this kind of brought in that nostalgia factor of watching the anime and then of course Playing the game as you know fighting Gundam. So this was a lot of fun. Uh, It's a great fighting game. It's Super easy to control. Uh, It's it's just a blast So, you know, that's my list dude it is rounded out, like I said, at ninety-nine seventy-three, throwing a sixty dollar console with a controller memory card, you're looking at about one fifty nine on average there. And that's of course based on like price charting and eBay sold Yeah, You could
1: probably negotiate better prices or, you know, find some screaming deals on a couple of these, but I mean that's a that's a solid respectable list. And I would challenge anybody out there to uh shame John and come up with a better one. Go ahead. I mean, there, there's some good ones here.
0: They're, they're not terrible. And of course, some of these are nostalgia, fa- you know, factored into. Oh, too. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so you I'm, have
1: a great list there. But, John, you got off real easy because a real collector doesn't buy loose games. A real collector buys their games complete in box. So I've got my list folks of he, games he's here. He's saying
0: this to the man that has a whole bunch of yeah, boxes. thousands of <laughs> boxes
1: staring me in the face. All right, but, you continue. Uh, I'm
0: going to sip my New Zealand rum. Continue please.
1: I've got a solid list here, folks. Uh we already talked about Tony Hawk 2 being a phenomenal game, so I'll just start off there. So complete inbox ten ninety-three. Uh that's actually gonna be the second cheapest game on my list. Oh damn. It only goes up from there, folks, how except many, for one step down. How many games do you have in your list in total? I got seven games. Would you run it at total? The whole uh time? my total came out to ninety-nine eighty four. So I'm just just, just right next to you. Okay, I'm kind right, We'll see what you got. So uh, the top of my list here, uh, this is just such an iconic franchise and it meant a lot to me. And especially this game is the one that I remember spending the most time with. Twisted Metal 3, man. That's a solid one. Yes, yeah, 1763 complete in box. It has loads of features. It's definitely like the most realized Twisted Metal. It's got all kinds of options for custom cars with like you can change out the weapon loadouts and do different things i just i remember spending so much time playing this game it had to be on my list especially because i'm not a big racing person so i had to put at least one thing on there for some people that liked some cars to have some fun on my list do you uh still have a copy of Twisted metal three i don't have like i said john i might have (laughs) like i dropped it two playstation
0: games well then you can have this one sir Oh, because I got that for $10 not too long ago. See,
1: folks, you can do way better than this. Lisa. I have a complete inbox. Like, man, this case is like super clean, too. Yeah, I might have given you a good one. Yeah. <laughs> and John got this for $10. So uh, it, I just saved $7 on my list. Let me find another game here. Oh, no, no. It doesn't work <laughs> like this. Yeah, so, I gave you a cleaner case. Uh, next up on the list, this game is not one that I ever played but is a phenomenal title nonetheless. You get the scratch one. <laughs> is uh, <laughs> Tomb Raider 2. Tomb Raider 2 is actually, uh, from what I can tell, one of the most beloved of the Tomb Raider franchise, especially on the original console. So I felt like Laura Croft needed some representation as like being one of those early icons of video gaming. And also it gives you some like, light 3D platforming with some third-person action. Like, it's a good genre mix-up. It's got a lot of uh, good music and game feel in it. It's evolved a lot beyond what kind of Tomb Raider 1 tried to do. And uh, from what I could tell, people love especially the tutorial area in this game. is supposed to be pretty fun and get you really hooked into the game. Uh, this next one is going to be weird. I don't know if a lot of people even know about this franchise now because it's really been buried by the competition people playing cod people playing battlefield dude let's take it back to medal of honor medal of honor was the first first person shooter on the playstation man i remember which one are you talking about here is it just medal of honor that oh okay yeah straight up man that's gonna be 11:20 complete in box i remember hooking my playstation up like you know how on the PlayStation you've got the the AV cables and how all three of those cables are really close together? Well, on mine, I had my video cable on one side and then I peeled that way what? far down the line so that I could plug my other things into my, my audio into my stereo. Oh, that's cool. So that I could have my stereo blasting. And I remember one time my friend Tony came over and we were hooked up Medal of Honor and my parents weren't home and we just cranked it. And, like, you could go out in the driveway and hear the gunshots. That's crazy, dude. Oh, man. That is a fun game and a good time.
0: I played Medal of Honor more so on the GameCube than I did on the PlayStation or PlayStation 2. And, dude, I had a blast of that game, too. My brother and I played so much multiplayer on that one. I think it was Medal of Honor. Is it Frontline, I want to say, is the name of that one? I don't recall offhand. Uh, But it was a lot of fun, dude. Metal of Honor is a great series. I didn't even consider it for my list. Crazy, Yeah, enough. I don't
1: really know what happened in the Metal of Honor series. I guess it just got buried by the competition. Well, it, I mean, it was everybody on PlayStation got... 3.
0: They it, had it on there. They, have, they tried to do, I think, a reboot. I, I mean, say. everybody
1: just got so tired of the World War II setting. And I feel like COD was the first one to jump beyond that. And then Battlefield followed right behind them. But Battlefield was always super popular on PC with its big, you know, multiplayer matchups that it already was establishing. So... Medal of Honor, that's going to take it for the shooters for me. And then next up, I'm going to go right past your Final Fantasy IX. I'm going to go or wait, no, straight past your Final Fantasy VII into Final Fantasy IX. Final Fantasy IX, tremendous game, the most expensive game on my list, coming in at 1989, the year I was born. That's honestly not very bad uh, for price point. <laughs> not like, very bad. Not very bad. So Final Fantasy IX is a beautiful, gorgeous game. It's... I mean, it's not as, like, talked about as Final Fantasy VII or six. VI, yeah, but, but it, it's I still, feel like... It pushed the boundaries a little bit on, on that console because yeah, it was one
0: of the later releases. It was
1: the last Final Fantasy to come out on the mm-hmm. PS1. Uh, it's got a really interesting setting that I would like them to go back to, which is more of that, like high fantasy you know barely broaching steampunk kind of level of tech like final fantasy has really especially in the later years pushed into like the full-on you know cyberpunk kind of future like lots of tech Lots of shiny lights and stuff like give me some castles and some mages and some knights. Like, that's the final fantasy that I want to go back to. And I'm hoping we'll get back there. But final fantasy nine will take your PlayStation one collection like, to I the next actually, level.
0: I was actually trying to see if final fantasy nine was in fact the last one. I just want to be sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: final fantasy 10 okay. came out on well, PS2.
0: No, 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 I meant in terms of year of when oh, it came out with so, like
1: anthology and yeah, chronicles. And yeah, yeah. I
0: was kind of curious because I, I know my buddy when i was growing up got origins like after the fact but it might have been one of those things that like he just ended up you know purchasing origins afterwards yeah type of thing
1: got a better deal
0: on it yeah yeah exactly um but yeah and you know what man the reason i say not very bad on that price point is you know at 1999 that's about what i was paying for those games you know new in a sense like at the at like a kmart i would go in as 1999 yeah. for greatest hits so that's not a bad price well price.
1: that isn't the greatest hits
0: i only have one greatest hits
1: no i know but what version. i'm saying is that's what a greatest hits would go for It'd yeah be like 20 bucks i only have one greatest hits on this and it might be the greatest of greatest hits and it might just be one of the best playstation one games of all time and i'm so shocked john like you had all these Loose games. You could have gotten all these killer deals on these prices for your list.
0: I was right by the way. October 31st, 2002, Final Fantasy Origins. Mm. Uh You see, but graphically, it wasn't the same.
1: Go on. Go on. Crash Bandicoot Warped.
0: Okay, that's a great game.
1: Greatest Hits version. 1274 complete inbox. Anybody who is anybody that's played Crash knows that Crash Bandicoot Warped is like the peak it's the best Crash game. It's got the most stuff in it. It's got the uh, the Wampa Bazooka and the Jetpack and, you know, riding motorcycles and flying planes and just so many different locations and, uh, you know, inventive ideas and creative levels. It's an astounding game and, like, no PlayStation collection is complete without at least one Crash game. So you might as well go with the best off the bat. I had to do the Greatest Hits on this one just to try to keep it under. And, uh, you know, anybody who's a big collector out there will tell you that those different Greatest Hits labels will leap out of your collection wall at you as you look across it. So I tried to keep as much of this off the Greatest Hits list as I could. And then um, we already talked about Tony Hawk 2. Phenomenal game. So I'm going to close this list out with... uh, you know, an underrepresented platforming hero from my youth that I, I haven't really played many of his games, but I remember... Is this, is this Rayman? It is. <laughs> Rayman 1 for the PlayStation, coming in at nine eighty five, the cheapest game on my list, but Rayman was such an, uh, a great platformer. I remember playing this game all the time when I was a kid. I don't remember where I was when I was playing it, but it was somewhere where this was like a public PlayStation so it's like, every time I came, I'd be in a different level and have a different whatever. So it's like, I have no real experience of playing through this game, but I always remember, like, the the winding up the fist animation and uh, trying to figure out, like, what's going on, because it's such a kooky game, and I know that it gets really tough later, but it's just, it's so imaginative in its design and the uh, the character styles and the... There's, like, a whole world that's all, like, music and instruments and and stuff. It's just a whole different direction than I had ever seen, like, 2D platformers go in. So, have you played... You haven't played the one on the Wii U or the newest one? I played a demo of the one for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Did you like that one? Yeah, it was awesome. Like, it was, like, yeah. the level was, like, you had to do it like to the beat like the level went with the music and it was like all about the music um yeah it was it was a phenomenal game
0: like we actually that was actually one of the first games that my wife and i played together Mm. that we were like hey let's you know try and play a game together you know like have one game for us and then one for each other to play so we can at least enjoy some of that time together and yeah, dude, we had a blast with that Rayman game. So I haven't actually played the Rayman on the PlayStation. Well, I played it, but I haven't beat it. Um, I need to go back and play that one too,
1: just to get a feel for you know old Rayman versus new. So, so that's the end of my list. And uh, tell us whose list you like more. But we have one final challenger. Well, In hold, this on, hold week's... on, hold on,
0: another challenger is entered. Yeah. Do we need to do a whole, like, Smash Bros intro? No, we can't. This is a PlayStation episode. Continue, Ryan. In
1: this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge, we have Ray Crisis. Now, Ray Crisis is a vertical shmup developed by Taito, published by Taito, released in 1998, and it has a complete in-box price of, tell him, Johnny, one hundred and forty nine dollars 24 cents so we went ahead and played ray crisis today just to get an idea of by whether the way, or not just beat it too yeah we beat it just to get an idea of whether this single game on its own in a box is worth the price of a playstation one and all of the games that we came up collectively and i think we can both say that in that terms it is completely inflated. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you on that. Now here's
0: the thing though, man. Ray Crisis was actually a pretty good vertical shooter. Like it, it was actually a it, lot of fun to play.
1: It was so forgiving in the fact that we died a million times and never ran out of continues. I okay, so here here's part of it. I am
0: probably the worst shoot 'em up, you know, player ever. I am terrible at shoot 'em ups. I enjoyed it a lot, actually. Visually, and it's, it's, it's amazing. Well, visually, and then obviously the big part on that, too, is you know, not dying a whole bunch, which I'm so used to doing in these games. So the fact that I wasn't dying consistently, I had essentially unlimited lives to get through it, and I liked it. It was pretty cool, man. So I would say it's inflated in terms of what we're trying to accomplish here. Like, why would you just buy one game? But then again, how many hours are you going to get out of it? You know, like, Ray Crisis is not going to get a lot, but if we're talking like and 2, for 150 i mean that's that's kind of one of those things like do i buy sukin and tune and i you know jump into this playstation 2 challenge you know coming up and and buy a ps2 instead um that's kind of where i'm at on that man
1: so i liked it yeah it was it was a fun game it actually reminds me a lot of einhander uh just the design of some of the ships like uh there's this one ship that goes through and it's got like some kind of sirens and lights on it and like if you've ever played einhander like that's how you come into the game with like police and sirens and lights and uh i'm not a huge shmup person uh we played uh r-type a little while ago on the nes and i think that's probably the last shmup that i played so i haven't really done anything between now and then Oh, that's were, right. We did. Uh, we played Super R-Type actually on NES. Super SM, R-Type. Yeah. 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 I was um, like, when did
0: we play R-Type on NES? <laughs>
1: yeah. Those are shmups are okay, and hundred and fifty dollars is just ridiculous. So we'll we'll break this down. So complete in box one hundred and forty nine twenty four. That peaked at one fifty one oh six last month in uh, June of twenty twenty, and that's trending down right now. Meanwhile, a loose copy. Is $30.36 that peaked at $52.95 back in February of 2008, and uh, that's just been holding for the last few years. I don't think that's really gonna go anywhere. This complete inbox fluctuates a little bit, but it's like this is a great example of what collecting is really giving you the opportunity to do. On the one hand, you could buy this one, you know, short. Beat it in one sit down without well, even really having to try that hard. Well, and
0: there is a special mode too. So, I mean, you do have some options there.
1: I mean, there's some extra stuff, but like, regardless, you can sit down and start to finish this game in less than an hour and it's $150. Or you can get a whole PlayStation 1 console in between seven and ten games and And even mix our list too yeah that's just a a a preference that we did like i chose to do complete inbox because i feel like that's what real collectors do and john did what he did because uh you know whatever hey nostalgia
0: nostalgia (laughs) sir uh so hey let's talk a little bit about ray crisis too so uh, we've obviously got, we both like the visuals. It reminds you of Einhander. Uh, the controls in general for that game, super smooth. I enjoyed playing that game. Uh, it definitely wasn't the same quality in my mind as Super R-Type, in that I just enjoy the side-scrolling mode a little bit more in a vertical yeah, mode. Yeah,
1: side-scrolling shmups are much better, I feel, than vertical modes. Yeah, I, I just en- I
0: enjoy them more. There are some people like the other route. Uh, for me, at times, the explosions did kind of blot out enemy fire at times, which kind of increase that difficulty so it's good that the game is forgiving as well so this is one of those games that if you happen to play it on you know a ps classic or something or have an emulator in place you know it's definitely a game to play like it's quick it's easy in terms of cheaper it's cheaper (laughs) yeah uh it's super forgiving obviously for the easy factor there and you know we had a good time with it so i would say overall the game is actually phenomenal if you were a collector and looking to purchase this just to purchase it then
1: you know, I think there's one, better shmups there's, you can get for less money. Yeah,
0: there are. It's definitely inflated in price point, but if you can get a good deal on a game like this, like a hundred bucks, hundred twenty, like it's not like it's one of those yeah. collector
1: games. Like this is a game that only collectors and you know lucky people or people that really love shmups. that run into it. Yeah, or shmup people. Like this isn't something that anybody should really feel like they need to have. Like, I feel like you and I both built our list around these are the essentials. Like, that's the whole idea of this starter kit idea is that, you know, it $150, you can have, you know hundred plus hours of awesome, very different games and a new console. Like if you're or an hour of Ray crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're young or old or new to gaming or, or just want to get back into this. We're things. only an Xbox person up until now, for some reason, and never played a PlayStation like this, li- these lists and this episode goes out to you. And,
0: and here's the thing I really like about these man in creating this list in that, when we get to PlayStation 2 and you hear that episode, uh, you're going to have the ability to say, okay, well, here's some great games that are suggested on PS1, and now there's PlayStation 2, which is backwards compatible.
1: Yeah. and then Yeah, one you thing can take that $60 off that was the, or the console on this, Yeah, knock that right out. And then here's the other cool thing, too,
0: and not a whole lot of people know this. Uh, every single PlayStation 3 is backwards compatible with PlayStation 1 games. So Correct. Uh, there might be, like, a few games that don't work on it, but every PlayStation 3 plays PS1 games. And there's been... Dude, I've gotten in arguments with people over this. like, no, it doesn't. Like, go look it up. Like, literally plays everything except a few select games. Like, it's it's crazy. they
1: were thinking about the PS2. And it's
0: something I honestly didn't know until I was working in the game store, and my manager at the time was like, yeah, you can test PS1 games. I'm like, they don't work on this constantly. He's like, no, they do. Boot one up. And after it was like a revelation, dude. Like, just that, ah." Uh moments struck at that point in time yeah. to uh to just know that i could play ps1 games on my couch and not having to stare right in front of a tv so anymore
1: other than the playstation 2 unless you have like what if you had one of the early release backwards compatible ps3 i did actually it yellow lighted on me so you could have a ps3 and a ps5 and be able to play all the playstation games yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically looking at it, that's the great thing about
0: backwards compatibility and what frustrates me so much when they take it out of consoles. So with the PlayStation 3, I didn't play a whole lot of PS2 games on that console anyways. I played more PS1 games on it because I had a PS2. Uh, so that wasn't a problem for me. But, you know, if PS4, it is kind of frustrating because I hate having to boot up the PS3 and then boot up the ps4 for other games i want to play like i I well, wish I you of... for
1: being a game collector have fewer yeah. games fewer problems yeah that's true <laughs> that's true uh
0: okay so overall i mean do you agree with my points on ray crisis
1: i mean it it was it was fun while it lasted but there's just no way that this game is anything but way inflated like ryan's love life it just didn't last long enough okay so i'm married i'm celebrating my 10th
0: anniversary <laughs> tomorrow Get out of here, John. I wasn't talking about the marriage, Ryan. Oh, God. All right. So uh, I think that's it, dude. Um, Our next episode, I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but I do know what we're going to be playing. So to give folks a preview, Ryan and I have actually spent some time uh, looking at games. Oh, no, we're not going to play this because we have an episode with the Game Tenants podcast we're supposed to be doing next week. It's going to be great. So Don't gonna, you
1: love when John starts a sentence with so much confidence and then changes his mind in the middle hey, of it?
0: Hey, you know what? I was thinking, like, we've got this whole Google Calendar now. We've got things set up. And the second I thought Google Calendar and just kind of virtually in my mind went down the list of what I was supposed to talk about, I'm like, Game Tenants. We got them next week. So uh, we're going to be joined by Church and Jason. Um, love you know, those guys. Yeah. Awesome guys. So go check out the Game Tenants podcast. And uh yeah, I mean, they, they were great on uh, their show, and we we had a good time screwing up their intro. Uh, we'll let them screw up our intro when that episode comes up next week, and we'll have a great time. So, that being said, sir, we got to figure out what the hell we're playing next week. We'll talk to them. We'll talk to them. We'll figure it out. But uh, for now, this has been Episode 91 of the Game of the Podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.